0: What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Building a Fighter. My name is Dr. Austin Shane, sports chiropractor in Scottsdale, Arizona. With me, as always, badass strength coach with the sore neck's mustache shirt on. Love it. Alex Friedman. How
1: you doing, Alex? I'm doing fantastic. I'm taking a minute to uh, read your caption on your recent recovery post, which most times I just don't read your captions. because Alex doesn't look read. at
0: my captions because he thinks he knows everything. And generally,
1: I don't care about Austin.
0: That's typically... Accurate. That's how friendships yeah. go, right? One good person cares, with- the other person doesn't. There's always a
1: reacher and a man. Yeah. But uh, good good job with your alliteration. Regulate, refuel, and reflect.
0: Talking about recovery. Yes. So
1: you're, regulating, you're red- regulating your body systems, you're refueling via nutrition and dietetics, and then you're reflecting via your mental needs. Yep. So it's it's all All cylinders, physical, mental, and I guess, nutritional.
0: And technically you could add in rehab, but I didn't like how it looked with four on there. So I stuck with three R's, not four. And I didn't have space in the caption. You're so you're so aesthetically pleasing. I know. Dude. I don't mind
1: this background on it though. Did you just call me hot? Well, that would be a first for sure. I, <laughs> I don't heard, know. How, I heard I aesthetically
0: know, pleasing. I don't know <laughs> what Lisa
1: sees you, but honestly. <laughs> me neither.
0: Really <laughs> yeah, I've kicked my coverage on that one. You really,
1: really <laughs> tricked her there. Right, so uh,
0: wait, hold on. What were you saying about the background? Oh,
1: I like the I like the format of it, the little chain link fence. Oh, yeah. Some of the fading and
0: I just had those made from a guy. That's I was excited. Shit. I can't do that myself. Yeah. You just yeah. you always make it look really nice, and I felt bad because all of my posts looked like shit as far as an from an aesthetic standpoint. So I yeah, paid Austin some dude on Fiverr. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just paid some guy on Fiverr 30 bucks and he made me eight templates. So it was awesome. Yeah. That's
1: uh, if you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm the, the creative artsy one and also the,
0: the get worm. shit done guy.
1: No, that's not it at all. That's
0: hundred percent. Bookworm knowledge, egotistical guy. How does a bookworm knowledge. And then you got to throw in that little jab, the egotistical <laughs> <laughs> bookworm and knowledge. I'm like, okay, cool. But make make me feel it good it about myself.
1: You're an idea make, guy. You're, I have an you're idea. A knowledge or ideas guy. Yeah. I'm the I'm the creative slash hands-on guy.
0: If we were in the book Rocket Fuel, I would be the visionary. You You would be the integrator. Yes, but I also have good ideas. So I'm the whole package. That's what every integrator ever says. Like we were talking about (laughs) on Rocket Fuel. I'm the guy. You're a guy. Every integrator ever says, oh, yeah, I have ideas too. Do I not? You do. You do. But. Come at me, bro. You just integrate it in and I'll just be over in the corner just thinking up stuff by myself. Which is really an inverse of what we ta- started talking about. You said you were the creative guy.
1: Oh, I guess creative, hands on, like as in actually creating something, not like being theoretical. Yeah. I don't know, man. Don't put me in your box. I don't fit in any fucking box. I, I am, am the outside
0: box. the box. I am the box. Okay, you're a you're a box. I think. Okay, like just boxy, blocky. Just, you just understand. Well, recovering. How are you
1: recovering today on
0: this Saturday, Austin? How am I recovering? Well, I had water with some lemon in it because we make basically we had a lemon tree in the back and we. Blended up all the lemons and juiced them and then put them into ice cubes. So I have water with lemon every Sunday, had a little coffee, did some breathing work right when I woke up and yeah, I went out last night with a couple of buddies. So staving off this hangover, but it's not that bad. So that's a good thing. Why is breathing important into recovery? I like that little <laughs> Way to stay on topic. Way to stay on topic. Oh, there you go. That was a good segue. Huh? <laughs> like that. Podcasting um, one-on-one fellas. If you don't know what you're doing, ask more questions. Um, so breathing is important for recovery for me today, because it helps me set my my day together. That helps me like bring my mind back to what I'm doing and make me like conscious and mindful of what I'm doing. But in general, if we're talking about recovery, that breathing is going to bring you out of a sympathetic state and activate the parasympathetics a little bit better. So it's going to bring on that rest and digest. It's going to allow you to accelerate your recovery speed because in order for you to start recovering on a neurologic standpoint, you have to get out of that fight or flight state. So breath work and activation of your diaphragm in that 360 degree breath, that's what's going to allow us to bring ourselves out of fight or flight, go to rest and digest, and then accelerate recovery and actually start recovery as soon as possible. So
1: in my meat head strength to brain. What I think of is anytime you're like upper body chest breathing, you're um, like, in your fight or flight method, right? You're not recovering, you're activated, right? Mm -hmm. And then anytime you can breathe deeper into your stomach, into the low back, the love handles, that 360 degree breath that you just mentioned, anytime you're breathing down in your stomach, you're more parasympathetic and you're settling down for lack of better.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I don't want it to sound like fight or flight's a bad thing. Like that's literally, we're talking about building a fighter. You need to be in fight or flight when you're doing different, events, when you're, when you're in your fight, when you're in practice, typically you need to be in a sympathetic state to be able to perform at a high level. But at the same time, you don't want to stay there all of the time. And you see that a lot with fighters. You see them, they're, they're really go, go, go people, and they don't take time to reflect. They don't take time to recover. And they go between three practices a day without actually taking a second to breathe and taking a second for themselves to accelerate the recovery process. That's, that's what you see with our chronic overtrainers is that they don't do the small things that are going to help their recovery.
1: Well, it's, it's all about a balance, right? Like, uh, and I've heard Coaches like I don't believe in overtraining. Like you're under recovering this and that. It's like put whatever names and labels you want on it. You have to have a balance or an equilibrium where your body is getting enough, if not more, recovery opposed to the damage that you're putting it through in training. Right. right? Like so, it's just it's an interesting balance, and like in each person as an individual is more or less robust. Like I have multiple guys come back from their that are sabbatical after they fight, even if they just take two weeks off, right? You take two weeks and your body becomes a little more fragile again. And then we jump back straight into a, a full training load. And it's like, oh man, my low back hurts. It's like every time I come back from a break, my low back hurts. It's like, because you lose that adaptation to the the uh, the, the stress of training three days a week, two hours a day, exactly. you know, or, sorry, it's five days, whatever. But it's it's interesting that threshold because like personal anecdote, the last two weeks, I started a new training block. I'm doing eccentric training, which Oof. Is, yeah, is the most stressful on your body. And I'm pairing that um, in the beginning. It's the whole concurrent training block. But I'm trying to practice my top-end speed in the beginning of the workout, heading back to a little Olympic lifting, and then we finish the workout with like 45 minutes of eccentric muscle. So this is like the hardest training block I've done in a long time. Um, yeah. quite honestly, from a body demand standpoint. Sure. Exactly. And, uh, and I feel sore and I'm, I'm like wearing those miles and that damage on it, but I'll firsthand tell you, I'm doing a horrible job of recovering. Like <laughs> I've been working too much. I'm not getting enough sleep, Um uh, being very convenient with my food. Like the last two nights I bought a pizza, I ate half of it, Friday night, half of a Saturday night for dinner, yep. <laughs> like yeah. just awful recovery habits, but I'm doing okay. I'm not getting injured. I'm not overtrained. I'm not hurting, and my numbers are still going up. But I have also the knowledge to know that this is a, a short-term window. Like I can get away with um, this for maybe like the one or two weeks that I'm doing it now. Right. If I continue this pattern for six, seven, eight weeks, injuries knock around the door. I can promise you that. I promise you, my low back's going to go out if like the habits that I've been established. Or where's it going? Or, <laughs> or uh, my numbers are starting to go down, and then I'm going to hurt my performance rather than help it. And I know this next week, I need to really dial it in because I'm going to add in jujitsu back to my training schedule. So I'm going to hit these hard essential lifts and jujitsu practices three days a week. So it's like, I have to have that understanding of like, yeah, I can get away with it right now, which I think people yeah. are like misguided. It's like, oh, when I was young, I could do it forever. Or when I this or that, or like, I'll take this. Oh, the last two weeks, I'm getting away with it. I'm doing perfectly fine. I should maintain these habits. Yeah. It's like, no, you shouldn't. You're, you're getting away, you're getting away with yeah. one here. You're kind of pulling the rug a little bit, but you got to dial it in soon. And I think, uh, that scope of reference gets beyond a lot of fighters, especially young kids.
0: Well, you just get in a groove. You get, you get in these different moods where like, oh, I want to work really hard. And then you just overtrain for six, seven months because you feel like that's going to make you better. Right. When at the end of the day, like if you're not able to hit, like you see it a lot with overtrainers, they can't hit the red zone. If they're wearing a heart strap, they actually can't hit the red zone, even though it looks like they're giving a hundred percent. And that's a textbook sign of overtraining. You're not able to get to that peak physical arousal to where you should be competing. So it's, it's one of those things that it's actually hurting you by working so hard and implementing some of these recovery steps that we talked about would be a fantastic way, Alex, to start your Start your recovery journey. <laughs> Way to bring it back.
1: <laughs> yeah. So breathing. Um. I like to implement that straight after practice, like or after singing. the. Mission, oh, for right? sure. That's. It's not. It's not that hard. Like you're
0: fucking our number tired one. Of
1: shit, right? Yeah. Regulate. Throw your feet up on a wall. Uh I always forget whether it's right or left hand. I don't think it really matters. Was it right hand on the belly button? It Doesn't matter chest? No. Yeah. All right. So one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly button. That's pretty much just tactical feedback. So mm-hmm. you can breathe in and expand in your stomach and push your low back in the ground. Just feel your surrounding five minutes, deep belly breathing. Close your eyes. Don't think about any fucking thing else. Tell everybody to fuck off and not mess with you. That five minutes right there can recenter and change your neural tone, your nervous system, um, and essentially get you a jump start on recovery. When I was an athlete, when back back in my day, quote, unquote, um, we were always told just to stretch, right? We yep. are told to yep. stretch, to deregulate your nervous system and hold the static stretch, which the idea was right. Maybe the methods were a little bit um, outdated by now, but same thing. Take five minutes, gather yourself, compose yourself, down-regulate your nervous system, and that'll get you a jump start on your cover. You could start right then. Versus in 45 minutes, once you're finally home, showered, eaten and sitting on the couch.
0: Yeah, for sure. And some other points is like, you could also change the environment. So it's not just breathing, right? You can do different things to try to hack your nervous system, to try to bring on that parasympathetic state. And if sometimes all you have is just a corner of the gym where nobody else is at, that they can't talk to you. So you don't have to be like engaged with conversation. But what you could do is you could go into a room that's darker. If you, we know that if the lights are a little bit dimmer, then that's going to activate a parasympathetic state because you're getting ready to rest. You could change the sound that's around you, right? You could drop the volume. So that's what I do with a lot of my athletes in the clinic on Saturdays. We have a lot of our heavy days. Those are going to be typically our heart, whether it be hard conditioning or hard lifting days.
1: Sick go Saturdays. Let's go.
0: Let's go. And for some of my athletes that I know are relatively, sympathetic in general. They, they err on the sympathetic side. I go into, we have a bunch of different offices. I set up one of the offices as the recovery zone and they go into there after whether it's like a, an easy one's like a six seconds on 54 seconds off bike sprint for six or seven. Right that's going to ramp them the fuck up. So I, as soon as they get off the bike, I have them take their water, take their heart rate monitor, and they go into the back room tracking their breathing and they lay down. The lights are dim or off. It's colder. I turn the AC on and the sound gets turned down for that period of time with which, and they close the door too. So it's an extra buffer for that period of time with which they are not Working, And we do that for whatever we're doing. Typically it's at the end of the workouts is when I throw that in, but it's an easy way to hack the system to where you can accelerate the recovery process as fast as possible. And the cool thing is that pairs up with one of the other R's that I was talking about in that post, which is reflect, because while I think you should be reflecting, whether it be writing in a notebook, I think that's typically the best way to do it or voice messages, just sitting there and and like talking into your phone and recording it that way, just sitting there and listening and thinking thinking and being mindful of what you just did while you're breathing is another way to reflect in the process. It's a kill two birds with one stone thing, which is pretty useful.
1: Right. But, uh, and I think this goes into the bucket of like knowing your ethics, like some people that won't work for them, right. understanding depending on who you're talking to, because I know I'm the type of person that like, as soon as I lay down to relax, I need to like try and clear my mind or I need to put some of that soft, dark music on or whatever. But um, if I try and reflect in that same moment, I'm just going to, restart my sympathetic yeah. system i'm just gonna yeah. think like fuck i did that wrong i need to change that i should go work on that right now and blah 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 blah, blah and, and i would start spinning my wheels right mm-hmm. so just know your athlete know you know what well, you got to tell them maybe you're like hey just focus on breathing and clear your mind reset and then maybe there's another athlete that's very analytical or cold-minded and you can say okay use that time to reflect a little bit and you hit with one so exactly what you're saying
0: exactly um, Like that's what, if if I'm having a hard training session and I don't do a whole bunch of those anymore, I'm in the soft workout to look sexy category. Currently
1: get back on your BJJ stuff, man.
0: I know. I know. I'm actually going back this week. Um, but like for me, if I'm having a hard training session, I'm the guy that can, I just, if I'm at EOS and I'm working out, I go next to a wall. I'm the weirdo with my feet up on the wall, just breathing and putting my hand on my chest, hand on my belly. And I'm reflecting all at the same time. And I just think about that and think about not what I can just do better, but what the fuck did I just do? And I think that's the difference of where people can potentially get ramped up if they start thinking about what can I fix? What can I fix? What can I fix? Instead of just thinking like, oh, this is what I just did and acknowledging, hey, sometimes you're a badass. Sometimes you just accomplished something or you did a fucking hard practice and just like saying, hey, that was pretty good. And just actually thinking that while you're breathing, that can accelerate the process too, because it brings you back to a positive space. Yeah,
1: for sure man i uh i scared myself just then when i said the whole back in my day thing i realized that if i compare myself to 10 years ago there's an actual comparison you know it's not usually like when you say 10 years ago yeah yeah like I, I was 17 i was, fuck. I was 17 yeah. yeah and it's like oh yeah, i was an actual human at that point <laughs> getting fucking old Austin. we're old as fuck fucking old as shit but um yeah. Recovery. How, how are you thinking about refuel? How are you doing that? Um, so I post workout, what are you doing?
0: I mean, you could do intro workout stuff. You could have bring with you some fruit during a workout or an intra drink if you so choose. Um, but I meant that typically what, again, for the post was, Everybody focuses on their protein shake. Everybody focuses on bringing their meal prep, yada, yada, yada. Not enough people actually rehydrate to the level that they should. You don't realize that well, how, you probably lose, you, you're a sweater. You probably lose five pounds of practice when you do jujitsu.
1: Probably, but you probably, yeah, do, but you
0: do, probably do. So people don't realize that if you just lost five pounds in that practice, that's all not, that's not just all calories. <laughs> like the majority <laughs> of that is water. That's not the weight that's going to stay off. Yeah. So you should rehydrate to accelerate your recovery process as fast as possible. We know we need to be, re- we need to be hydrated. That's when our body operates at its optimal level. If you just lost four pounds of fucking liquid, you should probably bring back at least two thirds, if not all of that, I would say all of that, but that's hard to do all in one setting, but Reference, trying to rehydrate so... as fast as possible. Reference just, you
1: know, Chu for actual measurements? If you're that type of person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with bro science where <laughs> two or three uh, yeah. quarters of that. Exactly. I'm like, just get as much as you fucking can in for what you've lost, but there's definitely metrics. And that's a Christina question. And we'll ask well, her next time she's on.
1: And that's why, and I mean, yeah, I'm very sure she said it on the podcast before and I know I've looked at her uh, on her Instagram, her highlights, she has um, some hydration stuff. So that's worth checking out if you haven't looked at her stuff recently. Um But yeah, that's why you see every fighter ever walking around with a whole gallon. Mm-hmm. jug of water or whatever and it's like it's not because they're trying to be a bro it's because they're literally trying to stay ahead of the curve with their hydration which i think is a great target to keep but hitting. what's
0: funny is i see people walking around with jugs and they're still chronically dehydrated
1: yeah right <laughs> it's like i want to, <laughs> it's almost like they the forget part, to but drink. i don't want to actually do it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no but that's that's where i think most people forget in the refuel process because that yeah. needs to happen not i mean it should it happens over time but you should probably try to get as much liquid in you as you can tolerate at a consistent pace for a little bit there so that you're not operating dehydrated going about your day and going into your next practice.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that kind of fits for me in like an athlete doing intermittent fasting type of scenario. It's like you athletes typically shouldn't get away with intermittent fasting because they're always on a recovery cycle. Like you're working. If you're working out two plus times a day, you're always trying to catch back up to the work you're putting in and intermittent fasting stops that same as not drinking water, not hydrating. Like you're always trying to get back. You're mm-hmm. never really like, uh, you hydrated, overhydrated, or like back in the equilibrium, unless you're taking a, a week off or your post fight or whatever, but you're almost always like behind in your recovery. So you're mm-hmm. always kind of playing catch up. That's why, in my opinion, intermittent fasting is an optimal. And then Obviously not drinking water isn't optimal either. And one thing I want to add too: to most everybody at an MMA practice, like after you hit that 60 to 90 minute mark, Gatorade and sports drinks are actually a good thing. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Right. I you need people, glucose. Right. I think people are averse to that for some reason, or they just always want to stick with water. Like same thing Austin was saying, when you're losing in your sweat is a bunch of water, you're losing a bunch of salts and electrolytes. Yeah, Electrolytes. Um, yeah, electrolytes. So add in that Gatorade or the Gator Lite or whatever is a Vitargo is one, right? Just what? whatever. Yeah, I think Vitargo is one. But um, whatever calorie drink that you can find, Powerade, um, Liquid IV, whatever it is, hit that mix in your practice session. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times in strength and conditioning, if we're doing an hour long workout, it's not all the time necessary, especially if we're not like conditioning or doing high intensity stuff then that's not necessarily necessary, necessarily necessary. Nice. You feel the, coffee, the coffee's kicking in, um, fucking jitters, bro. Right. <laughs> but at your MMA practice, that's a hundred percent going to come into effect because you're sweating a ton. You're doing a lot more work and it's a longer duration. So for sure, uh, make sure you got those sports drinks or whatever you have to MMA practice.
0: For sure. And I think for the longest time we were told to drink Gatorade, right? We are told, oh, Gatorade's good. And then it became the devil out of yeah. nowhere for like three or sugar four years. Sugar's bad for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, maybe these people knew what they were doing when they <laughs> created this formula in the first place. Yeah. Is there, is it sugared to taste good too? Fuck yeah. I, I tested actually funny enough. My high school PE teacher was one of the, he uh, did track and field at Florida or at Florida. Okay. He was one of the people that tested Gatorade. Nice. So he knew about like what, what the original formula was. And he's like, yeah, it's about half as much sugar and it tasted like and, shit. Yeah. So, so that's cool. why they put it in, but it's a good thing. Getting those, like you said, the calories, the glucose, the electrolytes, everything put together is going to just accelerate how you're feeling. And it's going to accelerate again, the recovery process yeah, of what I we're mean, talking about.
1: And I hope in general, we're past all the, uh, we're never no past am- it. well, I hope we get past these marketing (laughs) narratives that just demonize any and every category of food, you know, like sodium's the devil, fat's the devil, cholesterol's the devil, vegetables are the devil. Sugars (laughs) are
0: the devil. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody said that Austin. But yeah, to carnivore MD. Dude, the carnivore diet. It's making it I've been asked about should fighters be on the carnivore diet by at least three athletes. Well, it's because Joe
1: Rogan does it. And Joe Rogan is the fucking the pinnacle of high performance. It's true. It's
0: I don't dislike the man, but there's a lot of stuff going on in that body. <laughs> oh yeah. Most of it testosterone. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe I should get in a cycle, but anyway, <laughs> I've actually thought about that doing it like just to get my, t- I just want to get my levels tested just to see. I don't give a shit. I, I would do it if it didn't cost fortune and, uh, no, you can and find I had, ways like, around that. And I had an
1: actual like physiologist. I, yeah. I don't think it's unsafe in that. Manner,
0: oh no, I but. would never do it myself. I don't don't trust myself with that.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're a
0: doctor. I I got well, we'll put it this way. I got through a lot of the blood testing portions, but that was not my strong suit. <laughs> 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 so a reason why I'm not an MD. I'm not a physiology guy. I'm um, re- I'm good with anatomy and biomechanics.
1: <laughs> but why well, did I forget what we were actually? Oh, but just all of this stuff is necessary and good for you it wouldn't exist in our diets if we didn't need carbs if we didn't need sodiums, if we didn't need um whatever sugar other yeah. shit people villainize and like especially for athletes like carbs are fuel like we shouldn't look yeah. at sugar as a bad thing like you're literally using that during any and every high intensity go you need more of it and uh so i don't know man i uh, recently i've been not fed up, but like really been getting like uh, a dose of reality as I talk to a lot of my athletes about supplements. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I, like I'm telling them take creatine, take a multivitamin, take caffeine, like just super basic shit, and they're like, "That won't pop on a drug test." Well, it was like, "No,
0: it's fucking creatine." Yeah, like what? Like I think I I do. I say that all the time. I think every single fighter should be on a multi. I think every single fighter should be on fish oil or should have fish oil. They should have creatine, right? We just, there's too many good things that come from that. And time and time again, it shows for brain health, for overall health, for just wellness and being able to recover. All of those should probably be in your diet.
1: Right. And then you're just making an easy routine. as we talk about recovery and routines, like just make that a part of your morning routine, you know, like creatine and hot coffee is not a bad no, not mix. Right. I think that's easy to do. Um, you know, multivitamin fish oil, like with breakfast, if you eat breakfast or with lunch, if you eat lunch, like I did, like we've talked about a few weeks ago, I eat all my pills with lunch because it makes me eat lunch. I could, otherwise I would just skip mm-hmm. it and keep going. So, um, so i kind of built those habits into the day. You can find ways to do that. And I don't know, sometimes I go back and forth, whether I really need to prioritize like supplementation and it's never really me bringing it up, mm-hmm. but yeah, if you can, and you have the ability, then why wouldn't you?
0: Right. Dude. And especially, especially for the UFC athletes, like you got Charles or you got like, uh, Nicole and Clint all sending you personalized nutritional advice and personalized supplementation yeah that's cool. please if you're getting thorn shit for free take it and yeah, it's personalized to you <laughs> like, like there's no need not to do that just because you don't like just because either you don't want to or you're lazy or you just it it blows past your mind like if you have it provided for you there's zero excuse please take yeah. those damn supplements
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's it um uh, What else you got as far as recovery?
0: Well, I could add in, like I said, I could add in rehab to that as well. So those three R's, we could add in a fourth R and have rehab. It's just some people take rehab to the extreme. I don't mean this as like a, you need to be doing an hour long mobility session that's targeted around your specific needs post-practice. Like that's... That's not what we're talking about for rehab. What I'm talking about is maybe one or two things that, you know, works for your body. Like a lot of my athletes, know they feel good after practice. If they do a sideline shoulder sweep, it opens up the mid back it opens up the shoulder and it allows them to try to like stretch through that movement in a more dynamic way than a static stretch that works really well post-practice. And you can also breathe from that position too. It's a supported breathing position because you're laying on your side. You're not standing with the force of gravity coming down. Um, that's what I mean when I say Im- implementing rehab into our recovery process. And yes, right. we also have to do real rehab if there's injuries, right? If there is actual right. injuries, then rehab probably should be a large portion of your recovery process and take away some of the other stuff. Cause it's always a sliding scale, like you said, but for the most part, if you're relatively healthy and nothing but like small, like little nagging injuries that typical fighters or just combat athletes in general are dealing with one or two rehab exercises, like for dorsiflexion and for knee health, like a tibial car and an oblique lunge rock, that'd be perfect. That'll fulfill the need. You do the things, you know, you need to work on and you're good to go.
1: Right. I think we shouldn't overlook either just like a position like the position, like body position and related to like nervous system arousal, right yeah. like like literally just laying down, laying down, you're going to be a lot more calm than you are standing up mm-hmm. like it's just um that's just like physiology and care is it physiology, maybe biomechanics I don't know. but that's just like one oh one right you're laying on your back, you're going to be more calm yeah, like, period,
0: so that's why you end um, yoga like that. That's yeah. it's like for, for the people out there that do yoga, you lay in that position. I don't remember what that position is actually called, but it is a parasympathetic state. It, it brings you into a more relaxed setting after you do exercise. Yeah. And I, and I
1: agree too, with your, your idea of not really including rehab into the post, because I think that'd make it like an all or nothing clause, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, oh my God, this shit so much. If I'm not going to do one of it, I'm not doing any of it.
0: Right. And I'm, and I'm the fucking rehab guy like that's right. my job. <laughs> but it, I don't think that fits into recovery because exactly what you said. People either overdo it or don't do it at all. So it's a
1: it's a context contextual thing and I think it's important that you do some of these when and if you can. Like I think we're all just trying to do our best obviously, but you don't need to do every single thing every single time um if it deters you from doing anything.
0: Right. Well, what would some be cool? Than what would be cool is if if we have some listeners out there that want to test this type of stuff, that would be an awesome study to do. Like you could do, do a week of how you normally live and tra- track your HRV you can do, there's free HRV apps that are relatively accurate, or if you have a whoop or whatever, and then do a week of trying to implement what we talked about down-regulating after practice, rehydrating after right after practice, uh, like actually reflecting on what you're doing, maybe one or two rehab exercises and do that after all your sessions for a week and look at the difference in what your HRV looks like. Cause I yeah. bet you the second week is going to be better and it's just going to be, even though it's anecdotal, it's going to be proof to you that implementing these steps is actually going to make a difference in your training, whether you're professional or not, because it'll make your life better. If you just reflect on your jujitsu mm-hmm. after practice, if you if you're a white belt, it'll make your yeah. life better. If you're rehydrated <laughs> after, after training, it'll make your life better. If you downregulate because you go throughout your day at a little bit more relaxed pace.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. And and like you said, I think, even if it's anecdotal, like I think, well, I say I think, but majority of the population, the anecdotal evidence is a lot stronger evidence than any peer-reviewed scientific bullshit, right? Like like for us or for um, the coaches or any person in the scientific community, like we understand or we want to think that peer-reviewed scientific data is like the end all be all, but for fighters, for your everyday Joe, for myself in some context, for I'm sure yourself in some context, the anecdotal stuff is more key and more uh, sure influential, right? Well, it's like- funny.
0: Like I could share a, I can share a study talking about, like I shared a study on my Warrior Sports Wellness page about the EXPOSS. The extremity pain of spinal sores talked about it, did this whole thing. Didn't get one fucking patient from it. Not a big deal. I wasn't doing it for patients, but it got shitty engagement. Nobody cared. And that's legitimate science.
1: Well, because of what you just said, like, listen to what you just said.
0: No, I know. But then I'm going into what's the gold gold standard for bringing people into a clinic or bringing people into a gym testimonials. What is a testimonial? It's literally just anecdotal. Those always, yeah. every, every testimonial I do gets the best engagement and every testimonial I do, I typically get at least one or two new patients that call me on the phone because they saw the post.
1: And, and I think this goes into some, that's a like, different topic. Love, we could love spend a whole podcast on say, this. I love one. it or hate it. This is what one of the things Joe Rogan says, right? It's like you want an immediate source you can trust that's more convenient because nobody in their daily life has enough time to do all of the research and no. look into everything and say, oh, he knows what the fuck he's talking about when he says EPS, whatever, OSX. EXP, OSS. E-X- E-X-P-O-S-S. Sure, exactly. That shit doesn't matter to me. No. Right? But if no. I see, uh, all right, Hunter Azure, he's my friend. I know he trusts Austin. He wrote a testimony about him. Okay, so I can trust Austin. Yeah, right. That's an easier end than all right. What does this acronym mean? Is that legitimate in the science? Let me research all the science behind being a chiropractor. Oh shit, he did that for seven years, blah blah blah. You know? So yeah. Like, it's hard. No, but for sure. It's more accessible for sure. And that gets us away from our topic of recovery.
0: You're good. Well, I just I wanted to end on that challenge for people. Like I know we have at least I actually don't know the numbers of at least seven (laughs)
1: listeners.
0: (laughs) No, I don't know the number (laughs) of consistent listeners. I just know the numbers, but we're we're getting good numbers right now. So I know there must be some consistency. So if if you guys want to try it out, Let's give us a shout out. We'd love to share share it out, talk to people and see how it works because I think it is going to make a difference in your overall quality of life as well as in your performance. So this was our little in tune podcast on recovery. If you guys got to get a hold of us, all of our contact information's in the show notes. And we also have those programs, both strength conditioning and a low back program on display and available for purchase at buildingafighter.com. As always, this is Dr. Austin Shane. I was treatment? And we are out.